0: Thank you, Sanctuary Choir. That was incredible, incredible. Well, as Janice was saying earlier, this is the fourth week of our five-part sermon series, and this week is about risk-taking mission and service. We've covered radical hospitality, passionate worship, and intentional spiritual development. We've discussed what it means to welcome all people to God's table We've heard that worship doesn't just happen on Sunday, but is a part of our daily lives. And we've learned about the importance of deepening our faith and taking an active role in that. But before I begin, I'd like to first take just a moment to look at the Church Alive commitment cards that are inside of your worship bulletin. If you turn to page four, something like that, you'll see it. But on the front of the card, you'll see five different categories, and these correspond with the, different, with, with the weeks that we've done through August <clears throat> in this Church Alive series. And so what we would like for you to do is to, before next Sunday, to print your contact information carefully at the top, and then take a look at each of these five categories from each of the five weeks And see if you can make the commitment to do each of those actions. So, for example, the first one is radical hospitality. And it says, I accept God's love for me. I have decided to let God's gracious love for me make a difference as I open my heart to listen, perceive, and receive God's presence and initiative in my life. So if you feel like you can make that commitment, then check that off and go through each of these five. And then after you do that, if you'll take a look on the back, We have a a chart here that shows different levels of giving. The first one we start is our giving partner, and that's for $30 per week. And right now, for our mission and vision and values and the goals that we've set, $30 per person per week is the average giving to keep our church alive. There's several different other options, as well as an option to write in exactly what you would like to give. And then if you will see this little tiny side here, you can write down what you have pledged to give and then you just tear it apart like that. And then you keep that with you. That way you can remember what you've pledged to give each week. You can also actually go online after you've you've turned this in and you can sign up to give automatically. It can come out of a credit card or a check, your checking account. And it would really be helpful because as our budget committees and fundraising and finance committees, as we work on budgeting and goals, it's really helpful for us to know what we can expect to receive and how we can use those gifts to serve our community. If you would, you can turn those in in the offering basket today or next Sunday. We would love it if you could turn them in by next Sunday, which is the end of our five-week series. And I really appreciate all that you do to keep this church alive. So, spiritual encouragement for today, it's something that is a great passion in my life. It is risk-taking mission and service. Service is about putting your faith into action. It's giving yourself, your time, your unique God-given gifts, and your financial resources to others. Our church is alive because of each one of you. Over 150 people actively volunteer and serve the ministries of the church, and hundreds more regularly offer their financial gifts to sustain the ability of our church to gather, to worship, to connect, to learn, and to serve. Lots of these folks serve in very visible roles. We have our choir... (laughs) Well, not so visible right at this moment, but... (laughs) Oh, don't you love that? They're here somewhere, I promise. (laughs) But we do have our choirs, we have our musicians, ushers, welcomers, folks that work at our concierge desk meeting new visitors, people that work in our coffee cafe, the folks that teach our children and our youth, those that serve communion, others that run our audio-video system, those that facilitate life development offerings, host social gatherings, interpret for our deaf community, lead connection groups, and others who serve on our board, our lay delegates and staff. And there are lots more that serve behind the scenes. They tend to our facilities, adopt flower beds, are part of our pastoral care ministry. They connect and call our first time friends, volunteer for our food pantry, participate in prayer ministries, and work on budgets and bylaws and fundraising committees and lots of others. And so, mission is what takes that spirit of service and it transforms it outside of our walls. When we hear the command to love our neighbor, this is the next logical step. As we considered recently together, loving thy neighbor doesn't just mean loving our immediate family or our friends or those that we share a geographic proximity to. But God's call to care for others resonates in us because deep down we know, no matter what society may tell us, that we should just look out for ourselves. We know that we need each other. So our call to love thy neighbor means taking this service out into the community. And we are to bring that love to all people, regardless of whether they may become part of our community of faith or not. That's not something that we should limit ourselves to. To follow this path of Christ and to live in Christ means that Not only are we held in the presence of God's love, but that we listen to the Spirit of Christ, motivating us to serve others and work for a better world. There's a great passage in in this book that we've been reading, Five Practices for Fruitful Living, and that's part of what we've based our August sermon series on. And so I would love for Reverend Janice to read us that.
1: Feeding one person at a time, visiting one prisoner at a time, and building one house at a time are vitally important. Hands-on, face-to-face ministry changes lives. The grace of God flows from person to person through life-changing mission. However, people who practice risk-taking mission and service, they also discern God's call to involve themselves in social change, in political activity and community causes. Some people offer themselves to change systems, to confront justice and relieve suffering on a large scale. The tools for change become policies, funding initiatives and petitions rather than the hammers, cooking pans and wheelchair ramps. The imperative of God's love propels people into the struggle for change at all levels personal, family, congregational, community, national, and yes, global.
0: I love that, just because it, when we think about service, we oftentimes will think about feeding the hungry, the face-to-face work, but we, also, we frequently don't think about all the different levels that we need folks serving in. And I'm so proud of our congregation because there's so many people here serving at every different level all across the board from the feet on the street, face to face, hand to hand, right, looking into the eye of the person in need all the way up to the highest levels of our local, state, and national governments. So I I love y'all. Y'all are awesome. You inspire me. But let's think about why people do choose to serve. There are a few main reasons that account for that. Some do it out of a sense of duty or obligation or responsibility. No matter what is asked of them, whether it's costly or inconvenient, they are ready for the challenge. When God directs them to a need in our community, they go for it. And others do it because it's part of an unspoken agreement that we all have together as as humans sharing this small, spinning planet. We have decided that we realize we can't do this without each other's help. We know that we need each other. And so, if I have a way that I can help you now, there's an unspoken agreement that when my need comes, there will be folks that are available and surrounding me and by my side. And the other reason that people serve is because they find it intensely transformational. It may not be the reason that most people think when they are first considering volunteering or serving, but after the fact, it is very typical for folks to look back and see how the path that they've been led along has transformed their own lives. It served a purpose that they had not seen. That amazing transformational power of service is the divine work of God. When we serve, we are not only helping others, we are transforming ourselves to be the people that God has created us to be. So why is our spiritual encouragement today titled risk taking mission and service? Well, it's because anytime we step out in service, it is risky. We step outside of our comfort zone and we will find ourselves challenged, stressed, hurt and anxious. If we start to look at the needs of this world and where the shortcomings are, it can feel insurmountable. It can seem like not one person can make a difference. But we are called to serve. Some of us will be called to serve in ways that our society understands and finds acceptable and even admirable, like working to care with victimized children or feeding our hungry neighbors but others will be challenged by the call to serve and do things that may seem impossible, standing up for the rights of immigrants, protesting torture, or organizing for peace. But whatever our calling, and regardless of what our society or the world may think, God has made it clear through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that we must engage this work creating heaven on earth. As Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the Gospel will save it. By serving others, we are showing the world by our actions that we are following the path that Jesus laid out, that fullness and abundance is found in giving rather than taking When we serve others, we are bringing the grace of God into the world. The unconditional love that God has shown each of us, grace, flows from God through us, and then, if we are willing, to others. Now, before all this risky business becomes a little too overwhelming, let's consider the good news in today's scripture From Jeremiah. And I just love it so much, I'm going to read it one more time. Now, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Imagine this just for a moment. Before we were ever conceived, before we were conscious, before our parents ever knew about us. God already knew us and had a plan for each of us. We have each been called for a divine purpose. We each have a specific role that only each one of us can fulfill. Even though we may argue with ourselves, we may think I'm not qualified, I won't know what to say. God has told us not to fear. God has promised that we will be given the words to say. God simply asks that we be open, prayerful, and then willing to do the work that God has set before us, the work of serving God's people. Amen.